I'm Audrey Cooper, the Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth Emission, we're talking about one of my favorite places, the Golden Gate Bridge. It's also a popular place for amateur drone pilots. Maybe you've seen some of their videos or photos on social media, and that's becoming a big problem for law enforcement. Joining me to talk about this story is Roland Lee. Roland, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So uh, what is the rule about drones and the Golden Gate Bridge? So because the bridge is surrounded by a national park or recreation center, um, launching a drone from any of those areas, which includes the Presidio and Marin Headlands, is totally illegal. Um, that's actually a rule nationwide. All national parks ban drones because they can disturb wildlife or other visitors. Um, so you basically cannot launch anywhere near the bridge. I mean, you'd have to be like two miles away. Uh, or the one way to do it close by is by boat. But even if you're doing it by boat, you can't fly over moving traffic. So you could fly under the bridge by boat legally with a permit, but you basically cannot ever fly over the bridge. You need a permit to even go under the bridge. Um, to go actually from a boat. From but, a boat. Yeah. That, there's a lot of rules yeah, around this. a lot this. of different rules. Um, so they don't want to disturb wildlife, but there's not a lot of wildlife in the Golden Gate. Well, I mean, there is some, but not as much as maybe mm-hmm. in a national park. What's the problem for law enforcement specifically around the Golden Gate National Recreation Area? Um, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a blanket rule. Like it's a nationwide rule that any kind of nature area um, you know, might be disturbed. But I think also visitors um, getting... You know, hearing buzzing drones around them is you know, not a great experience either. And at the bridge specifically, um, you know, there's tons of traffic going through you know, every minute. Um, so the chance of a drone you know, hitting a car uh, is pretty high. How big of a problem is this in actuality? So there have been five drone crashes on the roadway um, since late 2014. Um, which isn't that many, but, um, you know, they're very concerned. that. I don't know. I mean, I think if I was driving on the Golden Gate Bridge and a drone crashed in front of me, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's already kind of a scary bridge to drive on because the lanes are so narrow. I think that would be incredibly dangerous. It's amazing that nobody has been hurt. Yeah. And luckily, no one's been hit. It's just hit the road. Um, But I mean, that's still, you know, a huge uh, increase too compared to before there, there were any drone incidents. So most people may not know this about you, but you are an amateur photographer, a very good one. Um, how did you find out about this story? What turned you on to it? Yeah, so I was also on Instagram and, you know, one of the most popular subjects around here is the bridge. Um, and then I would keep seeing these aerial photos and they'd be pretty amazing, like, you know, just kind of these cool like geometric, kind of symmetrical photos uh, above the traffic. And I'd even see videos of, you know, the camera flying through the the towers which was just like oh my god mind-boggling um so i was trying to do more research like what are the actual rules you know if you know i wanted to even get my own drone um and i learned oh, you, that you turned on to this because you thought it would be a good idea to do it yourself no i was just i wanted to just <laughs> learn more I, I i wasn't sure what the rules were at all and um i went to the golden gate um actually parks website and they said no drones on the or anywhere near the bridge um so you know that just got me thinking like so how many actual like accidents have there been and, you know, are there actually going to be penalties for posting on social media? And are there any penalties for flying a drone around the bridge or the Golden Gate National Recreation Area? Yeah, so rangers, um, park rangers basically enforce it. And, um, you know, they wouldn't give me an exact number, but they've said that they've fined multiple people, um, in some cases even confiscated a drone. And they say they go after people who post uh, photos online as well and tell them to take them down. But 
Um, I still saw these photos that have been up for years and years. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that would seem to be like an impossible task for the very few park rangers that we have to to police this. While you were reporting the story, did you see anyone flying a drone in the area illegally? Um, no, I didn't. Um, but I think other people I've, that I talked to have have seen it. And what do the social media companies who are hosting this content do? They have any responsibility or reaction to people doing things like this that are that are kind of dangerous. I mean, some of them do have policies that if people are posting dangerous content, they'll take it down. Does that does this fall into that category? Yeah, even though Instagram's uh, terms say you aren't supposed to do anything illegal on the platform, um, they told me this does not violate our terms, but we will cooperate with law enforcement. Um, and YouTube does not respond, even though they have multiple drone videos of the bridge. Drones have skyrocketed in popularity over the last couple of years. What What's the state of the drone scene in the Bay Area? Yeah, I think they're super popular around here, given you know how many kind of tech workers and people who are attuned with tech um, there are. Um, there's a new kind of proposed rule by the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, which is the main regulatory body. That would basically require you to always have um, your drone ID'd and kind of broadcasting its signal where it was, you know, who owns it. Um, so that's something that they're working on you know, nationally, and that could make you know catching people near the bridge a lot easier. Um, but the drone companies don't really like this rule; they want kind of a more watered down one. Um, a big difference is that the FAA rule would store the information, um, I think, for at least a month, so uh, you could really you know, potentially catch people. Whereas the drone companies just want it to be kind of a temporary broadcast that you know, isn't stored. So in some cases, law enforcement actually has security video of people who are flying drones illegally and crashing. What, tell us about the one uh, with the two women on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, so um, this was described to me. I was not able to view the video, but um, there were two women, I think, just hobbyists flying a drone uh, from the Marin side of the bridge. And they were flying it south. Um, they were, I think, around one of the, the uh, south tower. And then um, just suddenly it just I think, lost its signal and went down on the roadway. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but it kind of showed how quickly you can just lose control. And, you know, technology is getting better, I think, but um, it just shows there's it's still very dangerous sometimes. Uh, you ran into some other horror stories when reporting this story. Do you want to share a few of them? Yeah, so I think... One of the, another landmark um, example was at the White House. There was a federal employee who accidentally crashed a drone uh, on the lawn, and you know that just raised all these sort of security risks. Um, so now the rule is that you cannot fly at all, basically um, anywhere around the National Mall or um, National Monuments or White House. Um, you also can't fly anywhere near kind of big gatherings like the Warriors Parade. I think had a uh, temporary rule in Oakland. Um, you also can't fly at all in Manhattan, but there have been reports of people trying to or, um, you know, trying to fly near the Brooklyn Bridge, another iconic bridge. Um, I think some people were actually arrested for that. And I think one of the biggest finds I saw um, last year, a California tourist visited Las Vegas, uh, was flying his drone around the Strip, which is illegal, and then it kind of wandered off and crashed into the uh, airport nearby, McCarran, and he was fined $20,000 by the FAA. That is an expensive drone flight. Yeah. And also a really dangerous one. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that there are a lot of landmarks in this country where people would be very alarmed to see something flying overhead. Um, I I always see them at uh, fireworks celebrations. Mm -hmm. 
And I wonder if that's illegal, too. I guess it would be if it was in a natural national park area or around a monument. Yeah, there's often like temporary flight restrictions that are made um, by the FAA. And there is a, one legal way uh, for anyone to get a narrow shot of the bridge, which is to hire a helicopter and take photos from that. <laughs> Everybody yeah. hire a helicopter. A very yeah. much more expensive way <laughs> That's to true. get a view a of the bridge, harder. but yeah. a legal one. Yes. <laughs> I'm speaking with Roland Lee about his new story about drones flying illegally near the Golden Gate Bridge. We'll be right back after this. There are a lot of ways that drones are used in populated areas in the Bay Area that are really beneficial that may also be over traffic. You mentioned um, some inspections of local buildings. How are some of the ways that we could see a drone flying over our head and, and it would be totally legit? Yeah, you're, you are actually not supposed to fly over people unless you have a commercial permit as well. But uh, so one example was Millennium Tower, which has had many problems, but... Um, recent one was a cracked window and there was a drone that was inspecting it and it actually lost its signal and crashed um, really close to some people. So that that shows some of the risks, you know, even if you're hiring someone to do it professionally. Um, Salesforce Tower has also been inspected by drone, but no accidents there. Um, And then some, you know, city agencies have used it to inspect like public utilities. Um, Some firefighters have used it as well. And what are the firefighters using it for? Um, I think they've used it for like search and rescue. But at the same time, um, during the wildfires last year, there were drones that were in the area during the fires and that interfered with their helicopters because there's a risk that a drone could hit the helicopter. Yeah, and that's actually happened in a few places, hasn't it? Yeah, I think in Los Angeles there was a, I think like a you know, not not super damaging collision, but a collision down there. Yeah, the, I, I know every – it seems like every wildfire we cover at some point – there is a, an announcement or a press release that says all the drone operators have have grounded the aircraft, which, of course, makes it virtually impossible to um, to fight a wildfire. So there's a lot of it seems like there are a lot of rule breakers out there. Yeah. And even it could just be people don't know the rules because it's so easy to you, know, you just buy a drone. You just have to license or uh, register it with the FAA for five dollars. There's no real test. Um, so I think a lot of people see it as a toy. And you, if you're only 13 years old, you can actually register a drone. So you can do a drone before you can drive. Legally. And when you register it, do, is there any instruction of what you can and can't do? Or are they just trying to keep track of who owns them? I think it's more tracking. I think, um, you know, to actually take a class and, like, become licensed, is um, that's a commercial license, which... You know, it's a lot more work and that you have to do that if you want to make money off your drone. But if you just want to be a hobbyist, it's like I think it's basically regulated like model airplanes. Now, there are some professional drone operators, as you mentioned, and I don't know if many people know this, but the Chronicle, we actually have three licensed drone pilots. Um, And I think we were one of the first newspapers in the country to start using drone photography. What's the difference between uh, Carlos, (laughs) on one hand, who's a licensed drone pilot, and uh, your 13-year-old with one? Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I think, has a lot more experience flying. Yes, he's Um, very good at it. So Santiago. Good job, guys. And I think they're always talking to the agencies to get permission if they're going anywhere kind of sensitive or, um, you know, like near an airport, um, over a park. So, you know, they're communicating with the authorities as opposed to just flying on their own. Right. Uh, some of the most amazing photos I can remember that we've taken with it are uh, when uh, in um, just south of the city, when those cliffs were 
caving in and some homes were falling into the ocean, uh, we were able to fly out into the ocean and show what it looked like. And also when Devil's Slide, or uh, not Devil's Slide, but when the area around Big Sur was rebuilt, we could go out into the ocean. And those are all things that we get clearance for before before we can before we can fly a drone there and take that photography. Um, what do you think is the future for drones in the Golden Gate Bridge? Do you think it's possible that there will be able to be a crackdown or will it take, I don't know, a, a real tragedy where somebody does get hurt? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it would really be up to the FAA to close the airspace off. And, um, you know, if that happened, some of the big manufacturers of drones could actually geofence the area. And um, if you do that, you can't take off in a certain area and you can't enter that area usually. Um, but yeah, right now it's pretty hard for um, you know, the bridge district or parks department to really um, crack down on it. Is there anything else you want to say about drones in the Golden Gate Bridge? I mean, I think it shows there's a lot of like valid, legal and relatively safe ways to use drones and um, use them responsibly. But you know, unfortunately, it is things are changing very rapidly. Technology is changing a lot, and the regulations just aren't keeping up fully. Right. Thanks so much, Roland, for being here. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you to Roland Lee for being with me today. Thanks to Karen Creighton and King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 